Brimbo Red High Performance Podcast. Hi, everyone. Dan Sandberg here, and welcome back to another High Performance Brembo Red Podcast. I hope everyone is staying healthy during these strange, strange times. Here at Brembo, we're doing everything we can to keep our people safe and healthy throughout the world, and I'm glad to say that we're up and running at all of the Brembo plants. Our offices and tech centers are all running also, although we have several of our people working from home, which works pretty well with our customers, who are primarily the major automotive manufacturers, and they have all of their people at home too, which is an amazing thing that we can be running these high-tech industrial automotive businesses almost entirely using remote communications. Think about that. Where would we be without Skype, WebEx, Zoom, computers, and the internet? You know, to be honest, the automotive business is in full swing, notwithstanding what's going on outside, and it isn't missing a beat. You can go out, order a car, have it made, and have it delivered to you, and in many cases, you haven't even left your house. The car companies haven't stopped designing and building cars either, and if you haven't been paying attention over the last few months, they haven't stopped revealing and launching new vehicles either. One of those vehicles that's caught the attention of the automotive media, but also car and truck aficionados, is the Ford Bronco. Funny thing about the Ford Bronco is that guys like me or you or your parents or your relatives, you may not have owned a Bronco, but you definitely know someone who did. And there's always some great stories about what you or your friend did with their Bronco. And I'm happy to have 25-year Ford marketing exec Mark Gruber joining us here on the podcast as he chuckles in the background. It's kind of strange given that you left Ford when they stopped making the Bronco. Yeah, Dan, believe it or not, I actually started on the exact date that Ford produced the very last Bronco on June 12th of 1996. So quite a coincidence. We'll talk about the Bronco and the and the mania that's going on right now over the new vehicle. But help our listeners understand what goes on in an auto company and, and why do they stop making it? Well, you know, that's a real interesting question. I think the short answer is really probably that, you know, the market was moving more towards four-door utility vehicles, more on-road. And, you know, Bronco was always a a two-door only rugged SUV. And, uh, you know, the market was moving towards uh, Explorer and Expedition type vehicles at the time. You know, despite it being a beloved vehicle, I think the market kind of moved and the Bronco wasn't really keeping up with the times in the 90s. The funny thing is, I think the the love of Bronco has actually grown since it went out of production in in 96. You know, it's amazing to me when I look at the numbers, too, because, you know, you and I are in the auto business, so we see these numbers all the time. But, you know, that that truck sold like 26,000 vehicles a year, basically. You know, those were good years for the Bronco. You know, 26,000 vehicles is is okay, but it's not a lot of vehicles given like what you guys sell F-150 and stuff like that. And the reputation... It's like it has the legacy of a vehicle that sold hundreds of thousands of units a year. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, it has kind of found a place in culture. It's been in, you know, hundreds of songs and movies and obviously a, a very famous uh, slow chase scene on uh, on TV. And uh, it's, it's just got a, a pretty interesting history. It started, um, you know, back in the 60s, uh, 65 calendar year or 66 model year. And literally, Bronco coined uh, the term sport utility vehicle back then. It was the first one really to use and popularize that term. And uh, it was a pretty innovative product back then. And I think it, um, you know, because it was one of the original 
vehicles kind of in that space, it's got a lot of kind of affection that, you know, people kind of look upon it uh, fondly. It's a unique vehicle. The market obviously is moving more and more towards crossovers and on-road vehicles. And it's, you know, when you do Bronco right and it's kind of true to what it is, it's it's a pretty unique vehicle that makes an emotional connection to customers um, because it's, again, kind of just honest for for what it is uh and it's it's not trying to be anything else well mark my understanding is is the bronco won't only be two-door this time you have more than one model right bronco is now going to be a a family of vehicles so the bronco uh that probably people were expecting and fondly remember uh we've got a two and a four-door version of that and then we've also got uh, uh additional Uh, Bronco called the Bronco Sport that's more uh, escape size, more of a small SUV. You know, it's still very rugged and extremely capable, but uh, it's more for that uh, customer that wants to go to the trailhead and, you know, a little bit more affordable entry. So the Bronco Sport will actually hit the the dealers first at the end of uh, this year. It's available for order right now. And then the bigger Bronco, the one that, again, uh, I think a lot of people were expecting and waiting for, That'll be uh, open for order at the end of this year, uh, and it'll start arriving spring of, uh, of next year. Now, there was a first edition that you guys announced that I think has been sold out. What's the difference between that and the vehicles that you just mentioned? So the first edition will have a, a first edition for both the Bronco Sport and the Bronco. And this is basically, you know, going to be the, the all-in Bronco, uh, if you will, that's going to kind of have the best of everything. It's a popular model because it'll be one of the first ones coming off the line. And we're making 7,000 uh, of those actually just due to the popular demand. Uh, we increased the production from 3,500 to 7,000, and those were quickly spoken for. You know, I think it's really interesting that Ford revealed the Bronco during this COVID-19 crisis, and you got really great exposure from the media and a lot of the consumers out there. Do you think the fact that you released it when everybody was all cooped up in their apartments or homes and things like that helped you in the exposure that you got? Uh, Perhaps. (laughs) It was really a fun uh, journey that, you know, we had been working on the reveal plan for well over a year about how we were going to do it and where we were going to do it. And, you know, we thought we had a pretty amazing plan um, that was going to be, you know, epic in nature for Bronco, but it was going to be centered more around, you know, in real life events and auto shows and that kind of stuff. And obviously when uh, COVID happened, everything just started getting canceled and we had to go back to the drawing board. So then it was, you know, both when are people frankly interested and ready to hear something about this versus, you know, all the uh, situation that was going on that they were first and foremost focused on. And so we had to find the right time. And then, you know, I think certainly to your point, the the message of, you know, Broncos getting back out into the wild uh, resonated very much in this time where you're, you know, cooped up inside. And um, that was a trend we actually saw, you know, for several years that people more and more are spending time indoors and they want to get back uh, out into nature or the wild, as we like to call it. And obviously, it's just been accelerated uh, dramatically with uh, the coronavirus and the shelter in place. So that certainly is uh, something that has helped with the attention. You know, if you look at camping supplies and bikes and all those things are sold out right now. So a vehicle like Bronco 
um, is actually probably hitting at a pretty good time uh, in terms of people wanting to get back out uh, outdoors. You know, Mark, it's an interesting time in the automotive industry. You know, we see a lot about electrification, electric cars. You guys know that very well with the Mach-E that you guys uh, previewed earlier in the year. Uh, and then at the same time, we see the horsepower wars are continuing, right? Uh, someone on this podcast actually has a new Shelby Cobra 500 in his garage, but I won't say, <laughs> I won't say who that is, okay? When I look at that, is it inevitable that we're going to see an electric Bronco from Ford in the in the future? Ah, oh, that's uh, that's an interesting question. Unfortunately, I can't uh, comment on uh, on future products, but uh, it's just us, know. Mark. Just you and me. I know, I know, and just a couple <laughs> folks uh, listening, a few thousand. But you know, I think for for the launch, we feel like we've got the right powertrain that's going to hit the heart of the market. Right, we've got. Two EcoBoost engines um, that really, when you look at the overall market where it is, we feel like we've got that covered and that's the best lineup for us. So, you know, certainly electrification, when you look at the overall market, is something that uh, Ford is actively participating in. Not only the Mach-E that you mentioned, but, you know, there's going to be an electrified F-150 coming as well. Um, so, you know, nothing to, uh, unfortunately announce on Bronco, but, um, you know, it's something that we're always listening to our, our customer on. Well, if someone wants to take a look at the Bronco, maybe they missed that reveal. That was kind of cool. Where would they go online to take a look and see what this truck looks like? Sure. So the best place to go is to uh, Ford.com and, uh, you can see and learn all about the Bronco and the different series and capability it has. And you can still put down a, a reservation for the Bronco or Bronco Sport. It's only $100 and uh, you can get your place in line. We've got uh, over 165,000 reservations already for the Bronco. Hmm. Uh, and uh, so we definitely encourage folks to, to get their uh, name in and uh, save their place in line. Well, Mark, I appreciate the time you spend with us looking at this. It is a really, really cool looking truck. Well, thank you. Yeah, we uh, we love it as well. We're really excited to get uh, you and other folks kind of into the Bronco and looking forward to doing that. I'll have to spend a few miles in my Shelby first for a while, and then maybe maybe I'll have to get in the truck. We'll see. All right. Well, thanks, Mark, for being with us on Brembo Red. Hopefully, we'll uh, get a chance to ride that thing when it comes out. I'm sure you'll come over to our headquarters and let me tool around a little bit. Let's do it. Thanks, Mark Gruber from the Bronco team at Ford. Next up is one of my favorite people at Brembo who just happens to run Brembo's global aftermarket group. His name is Roberto Caravati, and Robbie will fill us in on how Italy is doing with all this virus stuff going on. And he also has some cool updates on Brembo's aftermarket business. That's coming up next. You're listening to Brembo Red. I may never have met you. We don't go way back. Maybe we wouldn't even be friends if we did. But when you wear a mask, you have my respect. Because your mask doesn't protect you. It protects me. I wear my mask to protect you. Mask up, America. Brought to you by the Ad Council. 
Dan Sandberg back in the Brembo Red studio. You know, from time to time, if you're listening to this podcast, you know we like to check in with the guys who know everything going on at Brembo back at the mothership in Italy. And one of my good friends and partners here at Brembo is Roberto Caravati. He's the head of Brembo's global aftermarket business. And before that, he was in charge of Brembo's global purchasing group. So if Brembo bought it, Roberto approved it. So as you can imagine, he knows everything about Brembo. Hey, Robbie, how are you doing, my friend? It's been way too long. Hi, Dan. Really no time no see in person. We are used to see each other three, four times a year. But I mean, uh, now with this pandemic ongoing, it's a long time no see. How are things going in Italy right now? Are things getting back to normal at all? Yeah, I mean, things have definitely improved. I mean, as you know, we are the epicenter of the pandemic here in Europe, uh, especially the Bergamo era where our headquarters is. So compared to the very difficult situation we have gone through in March and April, I mean, things has improved. I mean, summer summer has gone by and uh, restaurants are open. I mean, people are keeping a, a good level of, uh, of controls and keeping up on, uh, on the measures. We are more concerned about uh, nearby countries such as Spain and France, but so far so good. Hopefully things will continue to get better. We will keep our fingers crossed and hope we can uh, dine soon together in Italy oh. at some of our favorite restaurants, huh? Yeah, that would be lovely, as usual. <laughs> so, Roberto, let's talk about your career a little bit. What was the road that you took to, to come to Brembo? Basically, I mean, I spent almost my entire career in, in purchasing, in big corporations. Before joining uh, Brembo, I was at, uh, at Luxottica and Whirlpool, just to mention the last two companies I've been with. Very interesting. I mean, uh, Luxottica, they own uh, some of the most uh, famous American brands in eyewear, such as Oakley and Rayban, and Whirlpool as well. I mean, uh, brands such as uh, KitchenAid, Meta, Genera, also also very famous in the U.S. and across the globe. Well, you're now selling aftermarket products, and specifically you're selling brakes. Is that a lot different than selling eyewear uh, and appliances? Well, I, I have to say, what, what is impressive here at Brembo is that uh, we do have a great brand. It's really amazing on how... Uh, on a product like ours. I mean, uh, we are uh, recognized across the globe as a great brand and the leader in, into the breaking. And for sure, I mean, it's a product used by all the consumer. I mean, such as the eyewear and the appliances. And, and Brembo has such a great history and heritage in the OE market, which is definitely helping. It's amazing, isn't it? It's all about the brands. You look at Oakley, you look at Ray-Ban, you were talking about Gen Air, Maytag, KitchenAid, and now Brembo. That's a lot of great brands you've been associated with. Yeah, definitely. And being associated with, with great brands is a pleasure. And, you know, great brands go together and they help each other in, uh, even if they belong to different industries. So when we take a look at brakes, you've been selling aftermarket rotors and pads under the Brembo name now for close to a year. When you look at that product, why should a consumer consider Brembo aftermarket rotors and pads rather than any other brand? I mean, first of all, I mean, we have a strong heritage uh, into the OE market. Uh, most of the cars that are driven, even the one that you and me are driving on a day-to-day -day basis, are equipped with, uh, with Brembo brakes. And that's uh, for sure a good starting point. And then it's, uh, it's the fact that we are associated with, with performance, with quality, with reliability. And definitely, I wouldn't forget safety. So if I go into a store and I see some Brembo brakes, I might notice that we might be a little higher priced than some of the other stuff that may be coming from some of the lower cost countries and things like that. Should I be concerned about that price difference? In reality, I have to say that uh, in the recent years, we've been improving our cost base. And, uh, and moreover, I mean, we, we talk about the safety related components. So, I mean, 
we talk about breaks. I mean, you definitely want something that, which is the best for your yourself and your family. So I know your team has been very, very busy over the last few months, and you're improving the ability for a lot of our listeners to find the Brembo products. Where, where can you buy Brembo these days? In reality, if you go to most of the mechanics, uh, can, can get our products uh, if you ask for it. We have improved our uh, warehouse uh, operation in North America. Alternatively, you can uh, go and buy it uh, online. You can go to at buybrembo.com, B-U-Y-Brembo.com, and uh, you can just put the year and the model of your car, and you can buy them online. And then the parts can be delivered directly to your home or to your mechanic. Or if you live in Canada, you can go to Canadian Tire. And uh, from uh, early November, uh, even AutoZone in the U.S. will be selling our products. So that's pretty good. I mean, those are all pretty major retailers and, of course, online, and these are heavy parts. So it's great that you could just have them shipped to your house or, or shipped directly to your mechanic. That would be great. Yeah, indeed. I mean, uh, we believe in make it simple for the user to find our products. Well, Roberto, I know that you and the whole Brembo aftermarket team are going to do a good job and make sure that we can get our products out to our consumers. That's, that's really great. You guys are doing a great job. Thanks much, Then It's very much important for all of us in the global aftermarket team to make sure that any of our customers is having an enjoyable experience from the moment of the purchase to the usage of the product. They're going to even like more our product when they use it. Roberto Caravati, head of Brembo's global aftermarket business. Thanks for being with us on Brembo Red. I'm really starting to miss you guys over there and having a pizza on Lago Maggiore. <laughs> Soon, my friend. This is Brembo Red. Stay with us for our next segment as we talk to the North American head of Polestar. What is Polestar? Well, I'll give you a clue. It sits on four wheels, runs on a battery, and looks great. That's coming up next. Brembo has been stopping champions on the track as well as drivers like you and me on the street for over 50 years. And you can get a complete set of Brembo premium brake replacement rotors and pads at buybrembo.com. Buybrembo.com will help you identify the exact pads and rotors you need and help you achieve that 60 to 0 braking performance you deserve and expect from Brembo. Brembo, the choice of champions and consumers for over 50 years. Welcome back to Brembo Red. So what if I told you that there will be an electric car coming out from a new startup? Seems we hear that almost almost every week, right? Would you be apprehensive about that? Someone making a car who has little to no experience in the car making business? Well, what if I told you that the startup, and I'm going to put startup in quotes here, has over 90 years of car making knowledge as well as one of the most aggressive safety innovation records of any auto company out there. And what if I told you that they are experts in beautiful, minimalist Scandinavian design? Am I catching your interest yet? Well, there's a new company called Polestar here in North America, and they have a couple cars coming out in the next few months, the Polestar 1 and Polestar 2. If you guess this company has something to do with Volvo, then you're partially right. I tracked down the head of Polestar here in North America, a 20-year veteran of Volvo who has a new job now, and it is my pleasure to have the head of Polestar USA, Greg Hembro. Good afternoon. For somebody who's listening to this podcast and says, I have no idea what Polestar is, what is Polestar? Polestar is a, uh, a new brand that is a affiliate of both Volvo and stays with under the portfolio of the Geely Automotive Group as well. We're not wholly owned by Volvo. We call ourselves an affiliate. We sit in a, in a portfolio brand under Geely. 
However, very, very proud of being part of, or at least being an affiliate with Volvo. So one of the things I share with a lot of people is, you know, we see ourselves as almost a 92-year-old startup. Hmm. Uh, if, if my math is correct, maybe we need to take a look at 93 because Volvo started in 1927. And all this acumen around engineering and design and all the collaboration that we could use from that has really given Polestar an ability to leap off of a very high platform with a lot of speed under our wings, if you will. So the elevator speech is, is, is that we are a brand new EV brand that are coming to the market this summer, 2020, with both the Polestar 1 and the Polestar 2 to the U.S. very shortly. The Polestar 1 is a uh, hybrid coupe, 619 horsepower. It's powered by a uh, both an internal combustion engine and three uh, battery-powered engines. So it is a hybrid in every single sense. The Polestar 2, which is coming this summer, will be a full BEV vehicle, battery electric vehicle. Let's talk about BEVs, all right? Mm -hmm. Uh, This is commonly what, uh, and I'll use the T word if you don't mind, but uh, Tesla, of course, is uh, is the most common and and most uh, commonly known electric vehicle. This is a pure electric car, in other words, correct? Exactly. What is the mileage that you're going to have with that car right now? Right now, we're targeting 275 miles of range for our Polestar 2. We're still going through EPA testing and um, are working through our certificates. So until that, that is finally concluded, I won't have any conclusive range for you at this point. But we have targets in place at this point to be 275 or above. And I've looked at some pictures on the website for Polestar, and uh, you see a pretty nice-looking vehicle. I mean, I think it's going to have some nice appeal. But, you know, you're out there. Your challenge is to sell this vehicle. you got some competition, obviously, out there from the T-Guys and also some new entrants. So if I'm looking for an electric vehicle and I come over to your house and we're having a barbecue and I say, hey, you know, I'm interested maybe in looking at the Polestar 2. Why would I buy that vehicle? Can you tell me what makes that, that car special versus the competition? Absolutely. When we take a look at, you know, what was, what's the, what's the story around the Polestar 2, the unique selling points or the key selling points? We, we look at a couple of different attributes. Um, first and foremost uh, is, is what you said yourself. It's in a very attractive car. So we hang our hat on design. The Polestar brand is, is going to be known and revered about technology and design and fun to drive. It's going to be a driver's electric car. And I also look at the versatility of the vehicle. It's a, it's a, it's a fastback, if you will. So it's going to have the ability to be uh, a car that you're going to enjoy driving, but also it's going to be the car for all seasons. It's a car that you're going to be able to put a bicycle in the back or your dog in the back and won't be compromised with anything as far as space goes. But then I speak about the technology and some of the world's first that come around the car. And I'm going to speak about technology from what we call infotainment. That's going to be basically how do we entertain you in the car and how do you interact in the vehicle? And as an example, this is the world's first car that will come with Android embedded technology. We'll actually be using Google Assistant embedded into the car. So activities such as map integration, changing the climate system, asking for current events, asking for the weather, those are all things as easy as saying, hey, Google, and that comes to you as well. And that's native. So this is not going to be something like a a CarPlay or something like an Android Auto that You plug your phone into a cable. This is native, world's first. The other thing that we also talk about is, of course, safety. I mean, if we talked a little bit about the intro on how we work with Volvo and 
when you when you work with a company that is renowned as much as Volvo, safety is not an option. It's built in from the beginning. And one of the other things that we speak about the Polestar 2 is it's a car that's been designed as an EV from the onset. And when you develop a car as an EV from the onset, there, there's no retrofitment. So the safety that the car has is inherent from the first sketch of the pen. So when we talk about world's first, we talk about something called SPOC, which is side partial offset. It's a crash barrier that protects the battery if there's any crashes that occur. And on top of that, another world's first is a inner side airbag for the seats. So I think that most likely since around 1993, there's been outboard airbags on seats. We'll be the first in the market to bring an inboard airbag to the seat as well to have safety occupants as well. And the last thing is, I think what, what really excites you, Dan and myself, is performance. When you talk about instantaneous torque, just under 500 foot-pounds, instantaneous, mm. Mm-hmm. and when we're talking about acceleration times, somewhere in the mid fours, again, we're still waiting for final testing to come back. It, it wasn't too long ago, Dan, that you and I would be talking about supercar performance. And, and now we're talking about a vehicle that's going to be fully equipped for under $60,000 before any federal or state incentives. And not to mention the handling of the vehicle. We're going to have a, a fantastic suspension set up on the vehicle, um, also accompanied in our performance package with a, a braking system complements of Brembo. So when you take a look at a, a consumer and he hears all this exciting things, right? He hears about great horsepower. He hears about electronics built into the car. It's still an EV. What are your biggest hurdles that you see in moving a consumer from what we call ICE vehicles, internal combustion engine vehicles, to electric vehicles? I'm going to answer that question two ways. If you look at it specifically for Polestar, it's going to be about brand awareness and brand recognition. Um, there's no doubt that I've got uh, quite a lot of work to do in front of me about how do we take the example of what you just spoke about is what is Polestar to the customer that might be on the elevator? That's on us to actually make sure that that brand starts resonating very quickly. But to convert a customer from ICE to EV, I, I think that you have to take a look at the barriers in the past were things such as range, things were such as the price of the product, things we're talking about performance, and also about perhaps design and style. And it's a bit ironic to me because all the barriers that we would talk about maybe five to six years ago have actually become enablers now to customers converting in from ICE. I'm not going to be uh, arrogant or ignorant saying that the customers still have a long way to go to accept and to be educated about that. But I feel that we have a very strong uh, wind in our tail as we move forward, as charging infrastructures become ubiquitous as range becomes higher, as prices begin to drop down, certainly EV vehicles will begin to become more and more on people's shopping list when it comes time to renew their leases or purchase a new vehicle. If you look out into, let's say, five years from now, 2025, what do you see the percentage penetration of of really electric vehicles? Forget these uh, start-stop things, which they always throw into the electrics. I'm talking about BEVs or hybrids, uh, intense hybrids, if you will. What do you see the penetration in 25, 30, and let's say 40 in the United States? 2025, I, I clearly see it somewhere around the 15% of the total car sales in the, in, the, in the U.S. And that's the propulsion system. So that's cross-segment, whether it be a uh, an EV sedan or an EV truck. And I see that growing and growing. I see that in 2030 is 18%. And then in 2035, we're looking at almost a quarter of every car sold in the U.S. will be in EV. 
And, and it goes right down to exactly what I've said before is, is that we know the technology is going to get better. And that means the ranges will grow. That means the charging infrastructure grows. And that means charge times drop as well. I, I do believe there's a strong sentiment of customers as well as is, is that they, they really cherish not only the range, but also how quickly can I top up? And you can just see that in mobile phone technology right now. It wasn't too long ago that your, your iPhone, as an example, would last five hours and now last 10 hours, and it also charges in 30 minutes. That same expectation is going to be coming down into the EV industry as well. So when they do need to charge and they are on a longer trip, we can minimize that range anxiety by not only having a long range, but also minimizing the top-up times as well with a with a far greater EV infrastructure that's coming into place as well. Well, Gregor, I really appreciate uh, you spending some time with us, telling us about Polestar. I'm excited about it. I can't wait to, to give one of those cars a try. I think it'd be a great thing to do. But thanks for being with us here on Brembo Red. My pleasure. Thank you. That's Gregor Hembro, head of Polestar North America. Thanks, Gregor. With all those cool electrics coming out, it's like the future is all happening tomorrow, isn't it? Check out the new Polestar at polestar.com and even sign up for a test drive. Should be pretty fun. This was an interesting episode of Brembo Red. We took a look at the future, which seems to be happening now. Then we went back to the future with Ford and the all-new Bronco coming out in the fall. Thanks to Ford's Mark Gruber for being with us. Then we went over to Italy, and we got an update on how things are going over there. And we heard how Brembo is making its high-quality aftermarket products more readily available to everyone here in North America. Thanks to my buddy Roberto Caravati for being with us. If you enjoyed this episode of Brembo Red, jump on whatever site you found us, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and give us a thumbs up or five stars or or maybe five thumbs up. Whatever the ratings the system has, just rate us high. Or even better yet, drop us a comment on the podcast site or at podcast at us.brembo.com. All of us at the Brembo Red team would love to hear from you. This is Dan Sandberg, CEO of Brembo North America. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Brembo Red. You've been listening to Brembo Red with your host, Dan Sandberg. Send your comments, questions, and suggestions to podcast at us.brembo.com. Brembo Red is produced and copyrighted by Brembo North America.